From an ancient sanctuary hidden in the mountains of Japan come Raidine, Combatra, and Dangard Ace, giant robots operated by three courageous humans, Richard Carson, Genji Udashu, and Alongo Savage, ready to fight the forces of evil wherever they arise. Stan Lee presents Shogun Warriors. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 122, Shogun Warriors, issue number 2, Warriors 3. Cover date, March 1979. Hello, time travelers. Welcome back to the comic book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to be your host as we travel back in time. Drop a uh, drop a quarter and a dime on the counter of that whatever whatever grocery store. It might be a convenience store. It might be the the Stoppy Shoppy where I would get my my comics. Uh, we're dropping that money, just a little bit of change to buy some newsprint and some glossy paper with some full color action. That's right, 35 cents. Now, the copy of Shogun Warriors number two that I'm holding in my hands right now actually doesn't have the cover date on it and doesn't have any kind of barcode in the um, the rectangle. And I wonder if this was actually one that might have been in a Whitman collection one of those bags that you might get on the shelf, but I just have, I have no way of, of knowing that, uh, because I don't know where this came from. I just bought it off of eBay. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is one where I got like a a lot on eBay, but anyway, this is the second issue of this series where they took three different series from a single toy line uh, and had to put a story to it because they, they didn't have anything else to go along with it. And so this is the story that Doug Mensch came up with. And, you know, I honestly, I don't think this is going to be a very long episode because there's not a whole lot for me to talk about with this. I love the concept and I love the idea of taking something that's pre-created and handed to you and then kind of having to come up with the creative story behind it. So like, like, Shogun Warriors, Micronauts, G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, all those comics had that kind of background to them. Uh, the same with some of the He-Man stuff. I mean, they were developing it in in-house, but they were developing it as they were going along. And it's the challenge of that. I think it's so much fun. Uh the challenge of just taking like a painting. I actually was just uh, looking at a book, a beautiful art book that I have. That's the art of night gallery. And now this one, they didn't come up with stories based on these paintings, but every story has a painting. And as I was looking at all the different paintings in this art book, this coffee table book, I was just thinking, Oh, what a, what a fun challenge it would be to have like an artist who just handed over. Here's 20 paintings of mine. Would you come up with, 20 different stories or, you know, something like that. Uh, not that I would have the time to do a, a huge project like that, but 
just when you hear the stories of like they sat down and handed the toys to their kids, watched them play with it, and then just got to come up with uh, just what is the story behind they have the, the 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 technology that they have here, and so you have these giant robots that are Godzilla sized robots for Shogun Warriors. And they actually, the toy line had a Godzilla in it. And so it's kind of this, all right, uh, gigantic, huge robots, although not really technically robots because you have a person inside who's actually piloting the thing. But what's the story behind this? Why are these things here on Earth? And I also love that we have both Shogun Warriors and Micronauts happening at the same time where you have these two different toy lines but it's the same kind of uh, production for the comic books that, where they were coming up with the storyline based on these toys that have no story behind them. But you have the Micronauts who come from a microverse, and when they come to our world, they are action figure size. And I love that idea. And I actually tried to do a, a comic series called Action Figures that was about um, people who became their favorite action figure. And... I'd love to try and revisit that again. But anyway, the Micronauts, they came from inner space. And then you have Shogun Warriors, invincible guardians of world freedom. But they are the opposite. They are huge. They are giant. And yeah, so I, I love the idea. I love what's going on here in, creatively. But this issue itself, you know, I read it and and I enjoyed it. You know, was it worth 35 cents? Well, 35 cents in 2022 money? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. 35 cents back then. I don't know if this would be my favorite. I, although as a kid, I would have definitely poured over the pages and, and looked at things and, and enjoyed the eye candy. I mean, it starts out, um, opening up my comic here, it starts out with a splash page on page one that doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just an, it's just the three of them, Combatra, Dangard Ace, and Radine in action mode. They are in a pose with Kirby Crackle behind them, action lines below them, and you know, they are ready for action. And that is a really, really cool pinup right there. You know, if I was a kid and I had two copies of this, I might consider cutting that one out and putting it up on my my bedroom wall. But then when you get into the story, it's continuing right from the last issue where they fought against a uh, three pilots, the three pilots. Uh, let's see if I can remember their names. It's Genji and Savage is the last name. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. So it's, it's Richard Carson, Genji Udashu and Alongo Savage. They all were in one robot together and they were able to fight off rock enough that they save people but it, it got away from them and they consider it a failure and here they're talking about the um the fallout of that we we failed and and the guy that they're with is like no 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 no, no. you didn't fail <laughs> you didn't fail uh the guy that they're talking to is dr let me see here dr tambura dr tambura who is part of the followers of the light and they are at the sanctuary which is this uh, in the mountains far away from anyone. And there's this giant building with a giant uh, Egyptian ankh on it. And they are, they're the followers of the light and they're there to stop the people of darkness, you know? And so in the first few pages here, what you get is, you know, just there's discussion about, did you fail? Did you not? Doesn't matter. We're going to give you two more robots that you're going to work with. And then we're going to go underground and the whole this whole thing right here, really, it's all about scale. And they are presenting the scale of these robots and the scale of 
the humans compared to the robots. And they do a very good job of it in, in this whole thing. Um, the technical drawing, and I guess I should have talked about the, uh, the credits here. The technical drawing that we have going on here by Herb Trimpey and inked by Daniel Green, it's, it's sharp. It's good looking and there's a lot of cutaways and a lot of low shots but also a lot of just shots that are done as if the camera was being held by something as tall as these shogun warriors and so you just have the the people down at near the feet of them so herb drimpy he does a great job of just creating like i said scale and and allowing us to get you know glimpses into what does this place look like and what does it look like on the inside and you see the the elevator is you know six or seven floors high or whatever i mean it's just it's just gigantic and it, the elevator is big enough to hold three robots that are as tall as godzilla <laughs> and they go downstairs and and when they go downstairs what they're doing is they're going to go to this uh it's not a training area but it is kind of looking like a a training area it's a testing area a testing range and it's set up with mountains and houses and buildings and this is they're going to test the armor and the weaponry of the three shogun warriors and i just uh, the way he said it is uh we detect any faults and make necessary repairs to ensure proper function should the warriors ever be called to action in other words today is the day my ancestors have anticipated for untold generations the day when the shogun warriors must finally arise to do battle with the forces of evil and every ninth day for generations they've brought their shogun warriors in here and they've launched their missiles they've launched their fists which was a part of the the toys action was it would shoot their fists out uh they shoot at them to make sure that their armor <laughs> stands up to uh the the bullets and and missiles and stuff and uh and then to me one of the most ridiculous parts is that yeah you have the one thing that shoots its fist okay that's that's one thing and then you have the one thing that opens its chest and shoots missiles out of its chest but then you have radine who has an arrow and it takes an arrow and triggers springs in its wrist which release the bow components and enable him to fire his missile arrows each equipped with a warhead i just can't think of a more uh inefficient weapon system for a giant robot to have I guess launching your hands would be another inefficient weapon system. Uh, they shoot finger missiles and, you know, it's all the toy stuff. It's presenting. How do the toys work and how will you play with these toys? And then we cut to the bad guy, the Dread Lord Markon. And the Dread Lord Markon just, uh, he wants vengeance. Uh, because they were defeated in the great chaos wars and they have found the forces of eternal good still re ready and waiting to renew the ancient struggle. And so he looks to find out what happened with Rockor, and he's, he's, he's got a problem with what's going on here, but he is going to meet that threat and he just rants and raves to his people. And then he kneels over bubbling magma, murmuring ancient mysterious evil phrases and Rockor, who's just wandering around and he uh responds to the the summons <laughs> and it's he, he what lord markon yes lord markon i hear and i shall obey as you wish so shall it be death shall darken this day i don't know why this thing even has to talk and i don't know yeah 
it's interesting what happens, but at the same time, there's not a lot of logic behind what is going to happen with Rockor. And as it goes back to create a ruckus and get them to come out with with their giant robot. But little do the bad guys know that there's actually going to be three giant robots. And so Dr. Tambora, he takes the team and he's going to match them up with the, the robot that's going to match their personality the best. So Richard Carson is linked with Radin. Genji Odashu is linked with Kambatra. And Alongo Savage is going to be united with Dangard Ace. And during this time, uh, they're walking around and they they don't understand exactly what's going on, that this thing has been happening since the dawn of life. And and specifically, then Genji says, for example, you, you say your people have been sentinels for untold generations and that you're the last of the line. But what about the future? I noticed there was only one woman among you. And Dr. Timbora explains that they are not true humans, true Terrans. Their descendants are the result of parthogenesis, parthenogenesis, uh, which is cloning and other scientific methods. And then one of them, it's really hard to tell, but I think it might be Carson that this balloon is meant to go to. But the way that their heads are all lined up together in the panel, any one of the three could have said, oh, well, I think I prefer the old fashioned way. So there's a little adult humor to you know, fly over the heads of the kids. Uh, and then they match them up. And when they match them up, again, we have these cutaways. And it's really kind of cool to see, like, what does it look like on the inside of each of these robots? On the one half, you see their armor and the outer armor. And on the other half, you kind of see some of the inside of of what the technology looks like on the inside as far as, like, the gears and the different um, just, in, yeah, inside components of these things. They connect with these and then Rockor attacks a train bridge and that's bad news and so this is where again you kind of get the scale of this thing and i kind of start wondering how does this work what (laughs) and you know this is one of those maybe where you got to say to yourself it's just a show you should really just relax because once you start thinking about the resources behind this and even when they were doing their 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 testing, you know, like they're firing missiles every ninth day. They're firing missiles. Like, where are they getting the the resources to replenish these missiles every ninth day? Especially missiles missiles this huge, this big to go in these these robots. The it's just it's crazy to think about. And if you think about it too much, it just doesn't make sense. Even the the bad guy side. Now the bad guy side. He's not building and using resources to create like rock or he's using kind of magic and calling upon dark arts and stuff. But and that's really the only way that the logic of rock or works is that there's dark arts going on with that. But uh, they have to jump on jet cycles. They need to get on jet cycles to take them to the launch silo so that they can actually get go into action. And this launch silo is just huge. It's easily twice as tall as these three shogun warrior robots uh it's just the scale of this is so big and then you start thinking about the the resources of it um it's a it's a little bit unbelievable yeah i know i said it i said it shogun warriors is is not super realistic yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't i don't mean to burst people's bubbles but (laughs) anyway they they get in their giant robots, they blast off into the sky, and then we find out that Radine is not just a giant robot. Radine is actually 
essentially a transformer. Now, the transformer uh, form that it transforms into, uh, there's not a lot of transforming going on. He just uh, turns. So he was flying, you know, like like flat, like Superman. And then he kind of turns his head and it has a bird head on the back of his helmet and then um, lifts his legs up a little bit and bends them at the knees. And that becomes the the jet form, uh, firing jets for the this flying vehicle that it's called the Firehawk. It's a bird mode um, and little wings kind of come out of the sides there. And so it's it's actually as far as transformers go, a pretty realistic kind of thing. If you were going to have an, uh, an actual transformer that you're going to build, that's going to be Godzilla sized, it would make sense to, to have it this big. Uh, anyway, it flies it attacks and rock is there and, and they fight a little bit, but um, he has to stop the train and save the train. So he knocks down rock he saves the train. The other two arrive and he's like, he, he, you know, he came there because he had supersonic speed. And he's like, you mind if I go ahead? And so they come and they, oh, man, you didn't even need us. But Marcon is surprised that there's two others. But then he says, very well, the followers of light shall rue this day for the rest of their short lives. We shall meet this challenge of three by employing the power of our own mystic three by multiplying Rockor into his three elements. And so he becomes earth, fire and water. And so now these three giant robots are facing off with three giant creatures, one made of earth, one made of fire, one made out of water. And it says, next issue, the final phase of the Shogun Warriors' baptism of fire, not to mention earth and water, <laughs> in elements of destruction. And so, yeah. So next uh, next issue is going to wrap up this, this story arc here. Definitely ends on a cliffhanger. But... Uh, I appreciate the creativity and I appreciate the creature design is just kind of almost a swamp monster kind of a thing. And I, I like how it's just kind of uh, really hot rocks <laughs> and then it, it, uh, it breaks apart into these, these three forms. But at the same time, uh, there's just not a lot of character stuff going on here. This, this comic is it's ideas and technology and, there's not much else going on there. The bad guy is just motivated by, ah, they beat me in the, the war when I was trying to be evil, so I want vengeance. You know? and so it goes a little bit further than just being, I'm super evil, and into, ah, they thwarted my desire to be super evil. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty simplistic thing. But it's simplistic and creative, fun-looking. So, yeah, almost 50-year-old me reads this comic, and... You know, it's not not engaging me the way that some of these other comics have, like like Micronauts or Star Wars or John Carter. But I'm not the intended audience. A uh, 50-year-old man in 2022 is not the intended audience of this comic book from 1979 that is meant to sell, to sell toys. Uh, also, they're just learning how to do this. The sophisticated kind of storytelling that we were getting in like some of these other things like ROM space night or, or micronauts, you know, those are, are a little bit, I think maybe outliers right now uh, because you have Shogun warriors. Now I'm doing all of them though. That's the thing. I I am finding all of these, these tie-ins, these toy tie-ins, movie tie-ins and and TV tie-ins and all these Marvel comics that will just never be collected on Marvel unlimited except for star Wars and and maybe John Carter, depending if something else would happen with the, with the license there, but 
yeah, as I as I look at these these comics, um, to have one that just doesn't engage me a little bit out of all of these things that I've just really enjoyed. Like I have had so much fun reading these Marvel's cosmic comics and I actually feel bad that I'm not reading more of them. Not so much because I'm not podcasting about them as much as I would like, which is true. I do feel bad that I'm not podcasting about Marvel's cosmic comics as much as I would like. I'm not releasing them as quickly as I would like. And you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. And I do wonder like, should I change up the way I release the episodes so that uh, I can change up the way that I read the comics because I've got these comics sitting in boxes and, you know, for me to get to them for these anyway, I need to be podcasting about them. So I've got my DC Star Trek comics sitting there and I can do whatever I want with those. I can read them whenever I want. I can record about them or not. But with these, I bought them specifically to record about them. Although Shogun Warriors, I didn't. I bought that, I think, uh, separately. I think I bought that because I just wanted wanted them and was curious about them but and same with micronauts i've read micronauts before and i really enjoyed them and, and rom but the doctor who comics and and uh human fly i would have never bought probably if i wasn't doing this podcast and the whole series of battlestar galactic you know, there's just things that i have where i'm just looking at it and saying okay i bought these to podcast about them but i also really want to read them so is there another way for me to do that? And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, just ideas, different thoughts about how I could do things differently, whether it might be where I start looking at story arcs instead of going month by month and, and indexing in that way. And I, I think I'm going to continue just doing episode by episode like this right now. But, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really looking for a way to do things quicker or if I... Yeah, I I don't know what I'm looking for or what I'm thinking about other than I want to read these things. And that's the whole premise of the comic book time machine is to jump into the jump into the time time machine that comic books become and go back in time and, and experience these things and experience what Shogun Warriors is. And yeah, so that's that's where I'm coming from right now. And uh, but, you know, to have a miss every once in a while where it's just like, okay, as cool as this is and as fun as it might be. And I remember talking about Shogun Warriors on the bus with some of my friends when I was in fourth grade or fifth grade. And they had some of these comics and one of them might have even had a toy. I don't know. I, I do have some Shogun Warriors toys, but what's fun about those is they are not the regular ones that you might find when you're looking for them. And I can't find any more of these things anywhere, but they're, they're two inches tall or an inch and a half tall. And they came out of a, a machine that you put a quarter in uh, and I didn't realize that that's what I had until I start doing this. I'm taking a look. Wait a minute. That looks like Vanguard Ace. And, and sure enough. Yeah. Uh, I think those, they might be, uh, what do you call them? Pirated or they might be, you know, toy ripoffs or whatever. But anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it. But Shogun Warriors, it doesn't have me like hanging off the edge of my seat wanting more. However, when I did read some of these to my son two years ago, maybe he did, he was sitting on the edge of his seat. He wanted more. So yeah. So in the next episode, it will be Micronauts number three from Micronauts number three. We will go to Godzilla number 20 and from Godzilla number 20, we will go to John Carter, Warlord of Mars number 22. And when I say it like that, it makes me wonder, should I go back to that omnibus style of thing where I was recording a, a month at a time? 
It's an idea. It's an idea. If I recorded a month at a time, things would move faster. If I would just sit down and read all those comics in one sitting and then just talk about each one of the the titles briefly. Can I do something briefly, I think is the question. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with me here to talk about Shogun Warriors. And I just want to wish you Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next on Marvel's Cosmic Comics, Death Duel at Daytona Beach, The Micronauts, issue number three.